This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Good morning, I'm Nikki Reitmeyer. Roads have been blocked. Rail lines have been blocked. The entrance to RBC legislature was blocked. And those same tactics were used across the country by those in opposition to pipeline projects that run through Wet'suwet'en territory. So how do you describe the government's response on all levels? It really depends who you ask. Now, you may say that it's been too soft. Where was Trudeau's leadership when this problem was escalating back in February? And why doesn't Horgan strongly condemn and uh, condemn those actions? Perhaps you fall on the other side of this, though, and you may say that you support the leniency or patience that both leaders seem to have extended to these protesters, as both have said that they support the right to protest. New polling shows that Canadians do feel very strongly about what is perceived, it seems, to be a lack of response by Trudeau, and that's reflected in new polling that's been released by Ipsos And joining me on the phone now is the CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, Daryl Bricker. Daryl, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Nikki. What we're seeing here is that 60% of Canadians do not approve of the current government response. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so we've seen the Prime Minister's personal approval levels fall by five points over the last two weeks. Now, that's not a collapse, but it's certainly not uh, going in the right direction. And it's the lowest point he's found himself uh, since the election. That's right, because we have seen that change since the election. So his his approval rating is down. What percentage of Canadians fall into that category of being in the strong disapproval? Uh, I don't have it sitting right in front of me, but I think it's at least a quarter to a third. So it's not like people are uh, in the position where they're saying, I'm feeling ambiguous about this. Uh, we've seen growth in the people who are obviously the most disappointed. Uh, but uh, the, the thing that's interesting on this is it's not consistent across the country. Even though people have some disappointed disappointment in places like, for example, Quebec and Ontario, the level of disappointment isn't as high, and the numbers are going into the higher 40s. So a lot of this is being driven by what people are thinking in Western Canada. Now, it's interesting that you do look at geographic location. Where are people most disapproving uh, as opposed to more approving? Did you look at any other factors such as correlations between uh, an individual's ethnicity or their socioeconomic status when it came to how they felt about government response? Well, age is is definitely playing into this, and the Liberals tend to do a bit better with younger Canadians than older Canadians. But particularly on this issue of uh, of the protests and the blockades, younger people are certainly more sympathetic to uh, uh, to the blockades than older people. Um, and uh, but it is interesting when you take a look at what people think about the blockades. Uh, that number uh, is uh, going in the negative direction as well. So that's up uh, up around sixty three now, and it continues to climb. Uh, and uh, it's one of those rare issues that we find in Canadian politics these days when it's just about every every region feels about the same. All all regions are are basically uh, disagreeing on this one. So it's um, it's it's it's, a, it's an issue that's kind of unified opposition, if anything, across the country. <laughs> the irony of us being unified in our opposition, eh? Yes, absolutely. But uh, and then when you take a look at uh, the idea of the police actually intervening. Uh, to settle the dispute. Again, a fairly strong uh, support uh, in, the, in the low 60s. 
across the country saying that they support uh, 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 more authoritative sources moving in and resolving some of uh, some of these blockades if they don't uh, if if they're not eliminated through negotiation. Now you have a long history of doing a lot of this polling, and you're very familiar with these trends. How is this issue comparing to other? I don't want to use the word crisis necessarily, but other big, big problems that have faced Justin Trudeau. Well, I've I've go back to even other governments. So I sure you know, yeah polling back during uh, during OCA and uh, certainly uh, during the I don't know more movement and and uh, what tends to happen with public opinion. Uh, is it starts off fairly sympathetic and then it tends to harden. And so what we're seeing now is a hardening of opinion where people uh, are seeing this less through a lens of being uh, specifically about politics in one sense, but but more importantly about being Aboriginal, about being indig- about Indigenous rights. And they're now looking at it as more of a um, more of a law and order issue, which is where these negotiations and, and what was actually agreed to are going to become particularly important. So answers like, you know, we're not going to tell you what was in the deal or uh, we're not going to be able to discuss exactly what it was that uh, that we uh, that we talked about with the uh, with the people who were protesting, and what the future is going to look like. Not being able to create a level of certainty around any of this is not going to do any of those governments any good. So, if you're a politician, then the strategy is you better get on top of an issue quickly because, according to the polling, you might actually have a little bit of public leniency in the beginning, but that's going to harden. It tends to go against you, and it's when the issue moves away from being about uh, uh, Aboriginal reconciliation and starts becoming more about law and order. Uh, the public's, uh, public's perspective on this gets a lot firmer a lot faster. Could we th- say that perhaps that's, um, I would say, maybe because people have more personal experience with their understanding of law and order as opposed to Indigenous relations? I imagine that when you do polling on Indigenous relations, people aren't as strong one way or the other. Well, they tend. one of the things that we've seen over, over time is that level of sympathy for doing something on behalf of the Aboriginal community, particularly when it comes to quality of life, has actually grown. So in our last poll, not this most recent one, but the last one we put out on the um, on the the, uh, the blockade, seventy five percent of the people who responded said that uh, it should be a priority for the government to do something about this. So there there's no there's there's a, a pretty deep reservoir of support for doing something on behalf of Indigenous Canadians. But the question of of what one does in order to uh, get that. Um, that uh, that need recognized. So, for example, blockading ports as they were doing in Vancouver, or blockading railways as they were doing here in, in Tyendinaga in Ontario, uh, people don't see that as an acceptable way of expressing uh, a need for you know redress or a need for reconciliation. So uh, that's when you cross a line and you move into another territory, as I said before, which isn't no longer about those issues, and it starts becoming about public order. Which, by the way, Nikki. Uh, there are certain issues that are seen as absolutely core to a government's uh, uh, um, ability to uh, maintain public support. And one of them is your ability to maintain law and order. And if the public thinks that you're no longer in control of it, it really raises questions about your ability to govern in general. For From your experience, what advice then would you have for protesters if you could give them advice? You've done a lot of polling in your day and you know how public opinion swings would you suggest that they move away from this model of blocking ports and blocking roads and blocking railway lines? Well, in the end, it depends on what you want. I mean, so if what you're doing is you're trying to attract television cameras and, and through that process or radio programming or whatever. It's certainly working, process, isn't it? Yeah, alienating the people that you're supposed to be reconciling with, keep at it.
Um, but if you're interested in uh, creating a situation in which you can have a, um, a reasonable discussion and you can work through some of these issues, the, the Canadian public is telling us through the surveys, this is not the way they want to be approached. Daryl Burker, CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thanks, Nikki. Some really interesting stuff there. When you look at the facts and figures, how people respond to what protesters have been doing and how people respond to the reaction from government. And interestingly enough, when we examine those polling figures, a little bit of advice can be given to both politicians and both the protesters themselves. We're going to get into this more on the next side of the commercial break, and we're going to go to the open phones as well. So keep your phone nearby, and of course, you can always give us a ring on the buzz line, 604-331-BUZZ or 604-331-2899, because this is also our hot question of the day. Do you approve of how the government has dealt with the ongoing blockades? Yes, you think they're doing a great job, or no, you think they're doing a poor job. And you can vote on Twitter as well, at CKNW. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer.